Hello, everybody. Welcome to the opening act, a podcast interview show with me, uh, Brandon Hilder. Today's special guest is Danny Davis. Uh, Danny is from the band Husbands. How are you doing, Danny? I'm doing pretty good, Brandon. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, too. It's been a good day. Nice. Nice. Cool. So, first thing I want to ask, how did the uh, show on, was it the ninth? How, how did that show go? That show was great. That's, uh, it was at a place called Beer City in Oklahoma City, which is our hometown. And that's a new venue here. It opened like within the last year and it's owned by the same people who um, run another, a uh, little bit larger venue downtown. So it was our first time playing there and it's, it's just a really fun space. It, um, so we were just kind of feeling out the space and seeing what it was like because um, yeah. we played kind of all over the city, but it's, it's fun to try out a new place, especially when it's like a, a quality place by people you know and, and trust. So really fun show. A lot of people showed up. We played um, we played some of our Christmas songs for the first time, which um, I guess that would be like the oldest music we played because That's the Christmas cool. songs were from the deep cut album we did like in 2013, long, long time ago. Wow. Um, now we recently had to take those off of Spotify because it has these unauthorized samples on it. So oh. it's sort of, uh, either way, they're still near and dear to us. It's still on our band camp, but yeah, the show was really great. And, um, crowd was really nice and fun and, um, felt great. So yeah, it was good. That's good. I'll have to give those, uh, those Christmas songs a listen. Yeah, it's always yeah. always nice to go back to the hometown. I bet go play for the, where it started and yeah, stuff like that. For sure, and and we both live here, so it's just like kind of driving down the road for us. It was uh, that's always nice too. Yeah, well, so let's kick it off with the first question. Uh, when did you first discover your love for music? Well, so. Growing up, my dad, you know, we'd drive a lot of places. My grandparents lived in Muskogee, which is like um, three hours from where I grew up. Uh, so we would uh, spend those car rides listening to cassette tapes of just random music that my dad would um, kind of put together on these homemade compilations. Wow. And he's kind of like a 70s, 60s sort of guy. So Beatles and Neil Young and... But also, you know, uh, beyond rock, it was uh, folky things like the Eagles and um, John Denver and things like that. So not just like the cool stuff, but also the square, um, you know, uh, more overt populist music as well, which, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of all that stuff. So that I know that shaped my uh, taste over the years. And then I, as far as like music in terms of maybe creating it or at least feeling like I was more into it than just casually listening to this stuff was probably middle school. Um, yeah. And that's kind of when I went through, I guess a pop punk phase where it's <laughs> like um, a lot of people my age um, kind of went through this phase of this blink 182 green day, some 41 kind of thing where it's just super clean radio stuff that was, you know, top 40. So it was not underground by any means, but um yeah. I just remember loving the simplicity of the guitar parts. So I guess that's what made me want to play guitar specifically. And then, uh, let's see. 
then gradually just got into more underground stuff. You know, my older brother showed me bands like the strokes and things like that. So I've always been into the the strokes Strokes and, (laughs) oh yeah, strokes are, strokes are like the godfathers of, of a lot of my favorite artists even. So I, um, uh, listen to them all the time just to kind of get guitar ideas and melodic ideas and arrangement ideas. So basically it's, it's always been an, a process of loving it. I've always loved it, but maybe middle school was where I realized, oh, I like this a whole lot. And I, you know, this what my favorite thing to do, just listen to music and got a guitar in seventh grade for Christmas. Um, surprise from my parents and grandparents. So that was cool. And just learned all those Blink-182 and Green Day songs and Weezer songs. Um, that's, uh, that was my foundations. And then, uh, guess just kind of branched off from there to whatever it is ended up being. Yeah. Yeah, that's like all the names that you just listed. That's all the music I listen to. Green Day, Weezer, Sum 41, all those bands. And <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. I'm starting to get into the underground stuff too. Like I'm starting to get into like math rock and Midwest emo, things like that. Like Modern Baseball is one of my favorite bands right now. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're, sure. They're pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Bands like Modern Baseball are like, probably direct descendants of um, stuff like Blink-182 and yeah. those early, you know, pop punk slash emo bands. Um, <laughs> but for a while, like even at the time, while it was ultra popular, um, you know, again, top 40 kind of stuff, it was kind of frowned upon in terms of like a punk rock um, indie cred sort of thing. And especially after it was done being mega popular, um, like, 2010s and stuff like that um really not quote unquote cool you know but uh but lately you know you talk about modern baseball and and things like that um it's sort of resurged has a resurgence and it's um interesting to kind of just see that when i see something like that where something is cool and then not cool and cool again it just comes down to i guess uh anything is just a matter of taste so you know regardless of critical opinion or popular opinion it's um you like it it's probably probably good so yeah yeah that's that's, that's pretty cool man I, my, my mind's still boggled <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yep. hey so let's see so you said so when did when did husband start when when did this first begin a thing like tell me that story <laughs> yeah so uh I'm, will and i met in college um and I'd grown up, you know, going to local shows and Will was in a band called The Non, which was a popular kind of post-rock instrumental band that was, uh, you know, would play shows around town and everybody would go all the time and they were super great performers and, you know, the musical arrangements were complex and the shows had a bunch of lasers and fog and stuff. <laughs> so it was like high production value on those shows back in the day. Um, so I was a big fan of the band before I even knew him. But uh, we went to the same college, and our our dads were friends when they were young, so they kind of wanted us to be friends. So they sort of said, hey, uh, you're going to the same college. You, uh, you guys should meet each other. And, you know, that, often that doesn't go well. But in this case, you know, we happened to share a lot of similar sensibilities and um, became friends, you know. So I was a fan first and then became a friend as well. But, wow. Um, so, you know, we met at college and um, I, again, was a fan of his band. And I, at the time that he was doing that, the non-stuff, I was in a band 
just myself really called Daniel the Brave and it was <laughs> kind of folky pop folky music. Um, but I would perform Ooh. around the school and um, Will, you know, said some nice things about it. And we just sort of, our musical relationship deepened just by way of expressing mutual uh, respect for one another's projects. So whenever the non stuff sort of um, died down a bit in terms of just, you know, they weren't doing as much, uh, Will had asked, or, or I guess both of us were just saying, you know, we should write music together, you know, or, or at least just play some music. So we got together and jammed a couple times and exchanged demos back and forth. Um, and that was like really the, the earliest demos we have. It's crazy to think about, but we're like in the year 2011, I think wow. I can find some stuff from there. It's not that good. You know, the music <laughs> we did then was, it was adventurous and, you know, you can admire it for trying to, find itself but we didn't actually put out any music until 2013 on Bandcamp. yeah and so yeah basically husband started in 2013 when we put out our first song on Bandcamp. but we had been sort of looking for a sound you know the year and a half prior just by um way of jamming and sharing demos with one another so Oh. And that started, you know, it started out as just a songwriting project, really, because in 2013, I'm trying to think, we both lived in the same city then, but pretty quickly around that time, we'll move to Washington, D.C., so uh, it was mostly just a, a project where we would experiment with songwriting stuff and just send demos back and forth and build on each other's songs. And we didn't form a real band in terms of like a live band until Will moved back from DC in 2016. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's had a whole lot of different phases and still evolves over time, you know, what, what the band is, but at its core, it's been, you know, Will and I's musical project. So yeah, that's, that's kind of a brief story. That's the beginning story, <laughs> I guess. Most of the beginning story. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Wow. So, You've done you've done a lot of concerts since since then, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So in yeah. 2016 um, is when we started playing shows. In that first year, you know, we played around town quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2019, I moved to Seattle for a year, um, so I was gone for a while. So you know, throughout the life of our band, we've kind of moved around both of us um so when i was in seattle obviously we weren't playing playing shows but but between say um 2016 and 2019 you know that was i guess you could call that a quote-unquote local phase of just playing around town and you know learning how to be a band together in terms of live performance and get comfortable with the other guys we were playing with um who are still you know our original five members of our band wow it's all the same five of us. So we have That's other cool. guys come in pretty often as well, but the original five are still, still the ones we play with. But then uh, let's say 2020, we finished a record and we're going to go on our first tour, um, which was a small one that we booked ourselves. Um, but it was going to, I guess, go up to New York city. We we're going to go through Kansas city. It was going to be a, a fun thing. But uh, that's when, when COVID happened, so canceled mm-hmm. that. Uh, but between 
2020 and 2021, we wrote another record and in that time got ourselves a booking agent. And ever since then, ever since we got the booking agent, uh, the amount of shows we played, we probably played more shows this, this last year, 2022, than every other year combined. Um, and, you know, a lot of them, or actually the vast majority of them out of state besides, you know, I guess three times, three or four times this year we played in Oklahoma, but most of them have been all over the place, you know, places we've been playing for the first time. And it's yeah. been really fun to kind of uh, just meet people out there, you know, who we've either spoken with online or just um, assume might be there because of, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been great. So what's your favorite part about like going on these recent tours and playing all these wild venues? What's your favorite part about that? Let's see. <laughs> you know, obviously being on stage is super fun, but that's um, just a small, a very small fraction of what you're, you know, the majority of the time you're out there, you're, you're just with your, your bandmates. So, and we also do it pretty aggressively just because we try to be efficient with our time since, um, you know, we, a lot of us have jobs. I mean, we all have jobs that we have to get back to and families and whatnot. So we try to, be as efficient as possible just by going really hard. But as far as like, um, favorite thing, I mean, playing the show, I guess is the favorite thing, but then we've been lucky enough to, uh, get to go on tour with a couple of bands that we were already fans of, you know, and incidentally the two that I'm thinking of, it's just been, you know, a real great time getting to meet them just cause they're nice people and, you know, yeah. inspiring people to be around. So, and also you meet people at venues, you know, <laughs> venue owners and, and sound guys and, and whoever else is doing things. It's, uh, I guess meeting people and just, it feels like living life when you're out there as well. You know, you're not kind of, you don't even routines are great, but you don't uh, really have a time to get comfortable anywhere. And in some ways, you know, at least for me, that's like been, I don't mind not being comfortable or at least I sort of seek out situations in which I'm, I guess I guess a short way of saying is I feel restless at times. So being on tour, it's kind of fun to, um, you don't even have the opportunity to rest really. So uh, it's good for a restless person. So yeah. I guess just the constant, uh, the constant activity and the bustle of, wow. uh, I don't know. I'm sort of, sort of rambling on this one, but I would, I guess I just love the whole thing. I guess, I guess I love everything about it, you know? So, I bet, yeah. Yeah. I would I would love all that too. Just to just new things every day, get to experience new people, new venues, new all sorts of things. Get to see all yeah, the it's great and in cities as well, you know. Do a lot of uh Googling of like what's the best pizza slice in this town kind of stuff. <laughs> so it may yeah. not be like as great for our diets or overall health while we're out there, but we at least try to, you know get a little bit of the culture of the city when we're in it. So yeah. it's always fun to do that too. Yeah. And I realize, and this is the reason how I, uh, how I found out about you guys, you guys are going to be playing near me pretty soon in July in Montana, Missoula, Montana specifically. Yeah. And that's, that's the, uh, that's great. It's the tour with uh goth babe. I think. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about yeah, man, that we tour? Are super excited, man. We, um, super pumped about that tour. Um, 
and also super pumped to go to Montana. We have, we actually have like one friend in Montana who I, you know, never dreamed we would be playing in Montana, at least anytime, you know, soon. But, um, so we're stoked to go up there. I've never been to Montana. Um, but all you hear about it is that it's super beautiful and also super cold in the winter, but either way, um, super beautiful place. So we're stoked to play in Montana. Yeah. And we're also, you know, that, that got day tour we're extremely pumped for just because, you know, I think there'll probably be some big shows just because he's wildly popular and we were already fans of him. You know, I mentioned that, uh, 2020 tour that got canceled Yeah, and that we were, we were booking that one ourselves. And part of that was just reaching out to bands who were playing shows, you know, in the cities we were going to and just trying to hop on a, <laughs> hop on an opening slot for those. Cause we didn't know how to do it, you know? So we were just saying, okay, well this band that we like has a show here. And I forgot that we had done this, but at some point I had messaged the goth babe, you know, Instagram, I, I messaged Griff on Instagram and asked him if we could play with him in Denver, you know, in 2020, which wow. totally forgotten about, but he, after, you know, he invited us to go on, on tour with him, he messaged us and we were both like, Whoa, forgot about this thing ever happening, you know, full circle kind of thing. So yeah. just fun to get to tour with a band that you already loved, you know, and already, you know, um, yeah. That's, yeah. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty stoked for for that concert. Can't wait to go see you guys. Um, let's see. So, yeah, man, you got to say hi when we're there. Definitely <laughs> say hi to us. You know. Oh yeah. Because uh, I'll let you definitely, know. Definitely. Uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So I want to talk about the uh, audio tree that you guys did a few few months ago, like. When when was that? Uh, YouTube says it was like eight months ago, but it might have been might have been before that. Uh, how did it feel to do that whole audio tree session? It was great. That was uh, kind of a long time, you know, goal of ours was to get to do something like that. I know Will um, had messaged them a few times, you know, on multiple occasions, and said, "Hey, we'd love to do this." But yeah. again, that these were the days when we didn't have our booking agent, so. So a lot of times when that happens, you know, before you've sort of established yourself or before, uh, you know, you've established some kind of communication style or channel that um, people respond to, you just get crickets all the time. So we'd unsuccessfully tried to do it, you know, a few times for the years prior to that. So getting to actually do it was, total blast and the people there were just incredibly professional i mean obviously they've been doing it a while and, and yeah. turning out a really quality product so wasn't yeah. surprising but it was still very cool to um and also you know just felt i don't want to say humbling but it felt uh really great to be a part of you know that institution just because they are so good at what they do in terms of that musical space and setting it up and their professionalism working with them. And we had a great time, you know, we played a show that night at Shuba's, uh, which is a cool venue in Chicago and, um, just had a really good time, uh, performing that little set. Um, yeah. cause you never know how it's going to go, you know, especially in new environments that aren't like the typical mm -hmm. venue bar kind of places that we're at, you know, if it's a, uh, it, it, you know, you don't know what it's going to be like, but uh, it was felt super comfortable and we had a good time and felt like it went well. So yeah. that was a really nice experience. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I've I've listened to that that session probably six seven times in the past three days. I, it's just really, it's good quality. It's it's really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you guys sounded that's great, great man. <laughs> that's yeah. that's really nice to hear because uh, you know I was talking before about how for the first like three years of our existence or so we were strictly a you know a songwriting. Um, uh, just a song band where we would put out music. We weren't a live band for so long. So it's really been a long journey um, of getting to a place of just becoming better performers over the year. And, and we did feel good about that one. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you enjoyed listening to it. And um, I, it's hard for me to listen to it sometimes just because, you know, I'm not critical in like a, a way that's, um, debilitating but I'll, I'll be a little self-critical of stuff where i'll be like oh i could have done this or that better but I, I try to use that you know for the powers of good which is just like okay i'll just improve upon this going forward kind of stuff all that to say like while i love the experience of doing it and and do think it, it was a good job i sometimes just have a hard time listening to it just because i'm like oh shoot i wish i would have done this part better or that but that's i i also recognize it's um you know that's just the nature of um, yeah. creative personality sometimes. So, yeah. I thought it was great. So, <laughs> so thanks man. I appreciate that. So specifically on that, uh, on that track with the audio tree, the, uh, the song must be a cop, just the element with like so much groove in it, in that session. It's just unreal to me. Like I'll, I'll put that on while I'm doing homework or studying or whatever. And it's just like, Put you, it, it puts me in a good mood. It's just wonderful, groovy, just, it's a good song. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Our, our drummer, uh, Alberto Robert, uh, we call him Berto. Everybody calls him Berto. Uh, he's so good, man. It's, it's fun to watch those songs come to life because the way we record is kind of hodgepodge at times. I, I think uh-huh. for our next record, we're going to um, kind of do it more in an organized fashion. But up to this point, um, it's just, you know, Will or I throwing, either creating drum loops from drum machines or using pre-existing drum loops and building around those things and changing as the song changes shape. So all this to say, like, a lot of the times it's not our actual drummer on some of the records. Um, and, and that one was one where it was, like, built from a drum loop, like, on my phone. So it was like, okay, you, you do the little, make some sort of loop on the phone and do it there. So all this to say, like the first time hearing him play on it, you know, a real human behind it, it's almost always better. So it's fun to yeah. hear those songs come to life, you know. And I know for our next record, we're gonna just have have him do the whole thing. But um, yeah. yeah, that one was fun to just kind of hear his human interpretation of the thing that before was just, you know, an approximation of human playing, just by nature of our studio limitations. So yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, um, then really recently you just put out the new uh, ghost machine that, yeah, that was, I contacted you and I, I looked in, I noticed it was like already five days old, like brand new. That's so Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was, yeah. So that one, you know, we, uh, in the process of getting our booking agent, you know, about half a year after that, he hooked us up with some management. Um, and the story behind that song is, you know, when we do music, we'll either randomly put out cymbals, you know, without too much strategy. 
um, we'll just be like, okay, well, you know, we haven't put out a song in a while. Let's just put one out. Or we will try to build up, you know, a massive song that we can, you know, develop into a sound and call into an album. But uh, once we have our management, you know, they sort of, you know, which I, I love this. They, they give us little schedules and goals and, and things like that because yeah. they, you know, have experience and there's um, whatever. Anyhow, but this was a case of they said, hey, you guys should put out a song uh, in December, you know. So uh, that was about that was it. maybe two or three months prior. So they just said, yeah, let's, let's put out a song. Then you think you can get one done in a couple weeks and then we'll. Um, so that was just sort of writing to a deadline, which. We don't always do besides, you know, the self-imposed deadlines we have of ourselves, but to have this external force sort of not egging you on, but um, just sort of keeping tabs on it. Uh, It was fun to do. And and for that song, you know, that was the first time, not the first time, because we we brought in the guys, the other guys in the band before to, to contribute. But that was one where explicitly we had. Uh, you know, some of the guys come in from our band and, and contribute in the songwriting part of it. Whereas before, while, while our synth player has, has done stuff with the songwriting before and, and contributed musically to stuff, um, it's usually just dressing up things that already exist. But in this case, it was a song that was still very much being written. And, you know, their contributions, uh, Zach and Berto specifically, really helped shape what it became. So it was fun to uh, kind of like participate in a different realm of 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 music with the guys we've been playing with for so long um and get to experience you know just experience writing a song together so we're going to try to do that more going forward but um yeah it was it was a cool song for that reason as well and, and there's a yeah. b-side to it too that uh that b-side is some an acoustic version of the very first song we put out in 2013 which mm-hmm. um um so yeah that one that feels kind of cool full circle for that reason as well it's, uh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Did it feel good to go back and redo that with the, with the acoustic version? Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Will at some point, maybe a couple years ago, you know, just sometimes we'll just throw things on Dropbox. You know, it's like if we're trying to write a song, we'll just throw a bunch of ideas out there. And one of the ones that was probably in his head, a throwaway idea was just an acoustic of that wow. toying around with something we've done in the past and maybe it was just an exercise to get his microphones down i'm not sure but um <laughs> but either way i just thought it would uh, i thought the vibe kind of matched and it was a cool reimagining of the song because the original version is a lot more rocky and surfy mm-hmm. and punky and this new one is pretty chill and it's maybe a nice compliment to the the energy of the the main single so yeah it was fun to revisit that one and, and think about it yeah Cool. Um, so I gotta know out of all the songs that you guys have done, what is your favorite husband song? <laughs> hmm. It's a big question. isn't I, it? <laughs> I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it changes over time. So it's probably just depending on, you know, my mood of like some days you wake up and want to listen to a certain style of music and some days oh, yeah. you want to listen to something else. And I guess within our own catalog, it's probably like, well, I, I would feel like listening to certain ones at certain times based on, you know, whether I want something energetic or not. But I guess uh, if I'm going to pick one, I tend to have warm feelings towards the ones that do well because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I, I grew up on 
pretty popular bands, at least in my formative middle school years. Um, so I just love big hits, you know, I love, uh, <laughs> all the big hits of the big bands. So I, I, yeah. it's, it's, uh, so, you know, whenever one does well, I probably, uh, let's see. Yeah. And I, I totally get that with the, with the big hit thing. Cause those tend to be the songs that a lot of people like, and then you listen to them and they're, they're pleasing to the ear and all those things. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And so, so I guess to that, I will pick one and say, maybe right now I'd say must be a cop just because <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's fun. Just the, the energy of it, I guess to me, it's easy to write sort of a melancholy, um, mm. guitar song that's sort of wistful and melancholy, but that yeah. one's not really melancholy. It's kind of energetic and, and driving and mm-hmm. it, the lyrics kind of go in different places. Yeah. And the dynamics, you know, it goes up and down. So I, I would say that one just because of what, you know, it achieved some sort of audience. So it, it, it's one that people tend to like when we play it. And also, you know, from a songwriting and recording perspective, you know, we we mix most of all of our stuff. So and that was just one that felt like we succeeded in a lot of different areas. So because of that, I'll just say that one for now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great song. The intro to that song that I don't know. I, I feel like that might be my favorite part. It just it goes so just just right into great guitar and all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a good That's song. great, man. That was written. You know that that song began as like a um, as a loop on a looper pedal. So like with guitars, you got these looper pedals that just kind of you record a phrase and then yeah. it loops. And you can record a phrase on top of it. Um, so I use this, you know, ditto looper pedal, which is this tiny little thing. But you just put a little drum beat on there, which was kind of the don't, 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 just the kick kind of four on the floor thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, just loop the same chords over and over, just two guitars that are letting this A string ring out the whole time. And yeah. it's really fun to play just because it's easy, but it's uh, most, you know, a lot of great riffs are very easy to play, but yeah. they've just your fingers are shaped in such a way that it um, feels like the right thing to be doing. So I don't know, something cool. about playing it is fun too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very pleasing, pleasing to the ear song. Um, let's see. Hey, now, now I just got some like goofy questions. If you're okay for that. All right, let's go for it. Okay. Get a little goofy. Sure. You ready? Hey, what is your favorite movie? Mm. Ooh, favorite movie. This, uh, let's see here. I have a few favorite movies. So again, it, it would change on based on how I'm feeling. So I'm going to, this one, I will not just pick one. I'll, I'll kind of spread it around just, uh, cause it's hard to uh, have one favorite movie. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh. I mean, I love the fellowship of the ring, the Lord of the Rings. I, uh, mm-hmm. remember seeing that when I was like, I think it came out in 2001 or something. And I would have been 11 or 12 at the time. And I just love that movie. I had no idea what to expect going in. I didn't know the whole, you know, Middle Earth franchise or Tolkien or anything before then. So yeah. it sort of just blew me away. Um, and I love the hobbits and the woods and the forest. I used to be super into the forest and flutes and acoustic things. So sort of like scratched all these issues for me. And also just the, you know, the sunshine and the, that. Yeah. So I love, I love that first movie just because they spent so much time in the Shire. Um, I love this 
French, I think it's French. Maybe now it's a Swedish movie, I think, called Force Majeure, which is uh, it's about this dad and this family who go on vacation, and the family, you know, there's this controlled avalanche that happens at this ski resort. Uh-huh. But uh, so it starts, you know, coming to their table this avalanche, and basically the you think you're gonna die. The family thought they were gonna die. And everyone reacts, you know, in this moment of this avalanche coming at them. And the dad uh, runs away from his family and then nobody dies. And then he walks back and his whole family's still there. And they're like, he just ran away from us while we were all dying. He just abandoned us. Uh, and the, the rest of the movie is him, like, dealing with this event that happened in his relationship with his wife about uh, what that means about them. And it's just... Uh, really fun to watch uh even though it sounds kind of heavy but it's mm-hmm. the the guy from game of thrones torment giant spain the redhead guy is in it and he's pretty funny in it so just a great movie so i love that and uh i'll pick one more bottle rocket uh is another one of my favorite movies which is wes anderson's first movie i just uh i think it's super funny and creative uh and it's also kind of you know incredible what he did with not a ton of money, I don't think, or, or, you know, it's not as stylized as his more recent movies, but it's still, you know, just as good and thoughtful and, and smart as, as everything else he's done. So Bottle Rocket, Fellowship of the Ring, and Force Majeure, we'll say those three. Hey, yeah, those are some, some definite solid movies. <laughs> good choices. Yeah. <laughs> hey, then... So this is going to kind of be like this the the signature question. I, I kind of want to ask this on all the interviews. It, it's a it's a goofy one, but I it's a good one. Nice. So this question it, it comes from my favorite TV show, which is Chuck, which aired okay. in like 2007. Uh, nice. So here's the question: If you were stranded on a deserted island, and you could have one sandwich with you, what kind of sandwich would mm. it be? Please be as in detail or as not in detail as you want. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I do love sandwiches and I, I have lately been on a kick of eating sandwiches. So whatever, it, it has to be something with white sourdough bread, I think. Cause I like, uh, how you got to really chew and bite into that stuff. You know, it's hard and, um, yeah, it kind of hurts your jaw when you're chewing on it. Um, I like bread that's chewy in that way, but still fresh, you know. So yeah. sourdough bread, I think. I'd put lettuce, tomatoes. And, and generally, I'm just creating an Italian sandwich. So there's nothing special about, nothing unique about what I'm saying, but I guess it's just how I would specifically create an Italian sandwich. So yeah. sourdough bread, fresh homemade, I would do that. Nice. Salami, pepperoni on there, lettuce, tomato, a bunch of onions I'd put on there. But as the condiment... I would put uh, garlic aioli. There's this Ooh. garlic aioli from uh, from Trader Joe's. It's really delicious that we've been putting on our sandwiches lately. That's like advanced mayonnaise, and I don't love mayonnaise by itself. I mean, I don't hate mayonnaise, but I want something kind of creamy, but I don't want it to be mayonnaise. So garlic aioli, perfect on there. So, <laughs> And then I, I guess that I would toast this. If, if I'm allowed to toast this on the island, I would toast the sandwich. Um, you can toast it. And that kind of, all right, sweet. So it's a, <laughs> it's a electrically capable Island. That's good. 
Yeah. Um, that's what I would have just cause I think I could eat that every day and not get tired of it. Just there's, there's enough going on and it's, it's also simple and not bland, but just simple enough that you don't, you're not put off by the, a flavor that's too bold that you'd get tired of it from sensory overload or something over the course of time. And maybe jalapenos on there. I'd, oh, maybe yeah. I'd put jalapenos on there just because I could throw them off, you know, if I wasn't feeling them. So Gotta have maybe. jalapenos. Gotta love right. those. <laughs> and some cheese, man. I forgot cheese. I would put uh, cheddar cheese on there. Maybe a sharp cheddar cheese, which just like cheddar cheese. And so, yeah, put some cheddar cheese on there as well. Yeah, that, that would definitely tie that's a little sandwich. sandwich. Boom. Sounds like a good there sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. I I don't know what I mean. What's your sandwich? I, I what, what would you do? Oh boy. Um, oh, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, my sandwich would probably be like talking probably a sub. It'll be like uh, my mom makes really awesome homemade French bread, so we would take that. Nice. Then we'd go down with a like a creamy sriracha sauce. That that'd be our mm. sauce. Then our cheese is a pepper jack. Then we're gonna nice. have kind of like a salami, a pepperoni, things like that. Put that on there. It's just a toasted one. And we have pretty much nice. any vegetable you could ever think of. It's, it's a good sandwich. Okay, I've, I've had it many times. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> the spicy. The not spicy, but maybe a little bit spicy. If you're going sriracha and pepper jack, not that that's spicy, but just comes from Spice World in some oh. ways, I guess. And I forgot. Yeah, we we got to throw the jalapenos on there as well, and like the pepperoncinis and those things. Gotta oh yeah, those are great. Put those on there as well. Give that that little little kick. Yeah. Well, well I'd eat that sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> I'd eat your sandwich too. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, got our last question. Um. So, what advice? Would you give any of the students that are going to be listening to this podcast? Because this is a, this is going to be a school podcast. So There's going to be a lot of a lot of students here listening to it. So, what advice would you give them, if you have any? I think I would say um, to be advice for people who already have a passion. So I guess it would start to say like if you don't have something that that is driving you in some way that, um, you know, fulfills you. In my case, it would be something like music or just being creative, you know, with, with something, or, or I don't know if journalism is your passion, but you know, if it is, that's a really great thing, you know, but if you don't have one, find one. So there's that, but this is for people who basically have something and that's to say, you know, just do it all the time. You know, if it's fulfilling to you, don't let somebody else tell you it's not worth doing because it doesn't make money or something like that. Because while you still have to take care of yourself and figure out some way to exist within the world, the, the way you spend your time is more important than, than, um, than the money you will eventually be making on some level. So don't forget to prioritize the things that, you know, give you life, you know? Uh, so basically, what am I trying to say? and always take it seriously too. I mean, as serious as, as you want to take it, but you know, if you're going to do music, like treat everything you do about it, D- don't overweight it with, to the point that it, uh, daunts you, but, um, you know, 
do it as if you want to hear it, you know, try to create something that you would want to see or hear or read. Um, and that's kind of some, some sort of perspective to like, uh, not settling for something that's less than great. So always question yourself. I guess another thing would be, I guess this is a lot of advice, but another one would be like, uh, and I don't know if I had this specifically as much growing up, but I see the value of it in other people's, um, just find a mentor, you know, find somebody doing what you want to do. Yeah. Ask them, um, ask them a bunch of questions um, and see how it is they got to the, the level of skill or quality or, or, you know, achievement that they did, you know, and hopefully uh, they're cool with you asking you that if they're not find somebody else, you know, but either way, seek people out who are doing the things you want to do and figure out how they did it. Yeah. And, Constantly check yourself, you know, if you're not getting better, ask yourself why, or if people aren't responding to something you made, ask yourself why and say, what is it that's lacking? And there are, you know, resources online where you say, this is what I just drew, or this is what I just wrote, or this is a song I just recorded. Mm -hmm. This is a mix I mixed, or this is a painting I painted. What's, uh, what do you think? And hopefully it's like in some sort of forum where people can be open and honest and um, not like destroy you but at least be honest about it and tell you things to work on because if you're not um challenging yourself or identifying it's just shortcuts to identifying you know shortcomings that will uh you can fix and become better at because you can always become better at something so i guess uh be intentional in everything you do and Mm -hmm. always uh try to uh be conscientious of 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 what you're doing, you know, versus uh, sleepwalking through mm-hmm. everything. Wake yourself up and be like, wait, what am I actually doing right now? Um, I'm, am I trying to write a record? Is it bogging me down? Is it feeling daunting? Well, I, I'm supposed to love doing this, so why am I not loving it? Let me just uh, do something for fun to clean out the ghosts in this closet right now, and then I can start all over. So constantly be checking in with your with your brain, I guess, is maybe some shorthand way of saying a lot of what I just said, but Check in with yourself a lot. I, I don't know. I said a whole bunch of stuff, but it's all good stuff, I think. Yeah, so it is. It really <laughs> do is. all that. It's very, very inspiring. Very, it really is all good stuff. Hopefully, the people who hear this can take that and put it to use. Yeah, Thanks, oh. I got one more. I got one oh, more too. One more. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, you know the the crippling self doubt and um, imposter syndrome. It's not very normal. You know, it's all normal stuff, but don't let it paralyze you and don't let it keep you from putting out things you know and the way to do that you know easier said than done but the way to do that at least for me is identify the worst thing that can happen if you put something out and it's never bad it's never bad enough to warrant not not putting it out or or not putting effort towards doing it and uh yeah you know I, i have so many friends who who make such great music or at least i did in the past um and they just wouldn't put it out. They'd sit on it and be like, well, I need to do this and that and this and that. And at some point, years passed and they didn't do anything with it. It's like, well, you could have just put that out there and then maybe uh, maybe it leads to something else. So all this to say is don't, don't uh, if you're paralyzed in fear, identify the source of the fear and, and try to get rid of it because uh, that's not good for anybody, including yourself. So if it's not providing you any value, then um, then try not to be afraid if it's not if it's not going to be worth anything to you, you know, but if conversely, if, if being afraid of something 
is providing value, like it's keeping you from making some sort of mistake or um, endangering yourself. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm, I'm going off the rails here, but either way, uh, only only fear something if it serves you, but otherwise try to get rid of it because it's, it's never never any good. So Don't let it drag you down. I don't, yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I'm done with my spiel. I don't even know what I'm saying now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It was it was good. It was really good. Well, thanks, Brandon. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to thank you for being able to do this with me and be, being willing. Really, <laughs> it's, it's been a blast. Yeah. Been... Yeah, it's cool, man. It was fun talking to you. I, I loved your questions, and um, you know, I hope Montana is, is probably getting to a point of being cold. I don't know how cold it is up there, oh. but it's you know winter, so we've been cold since October. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well. <laughs> guess that's how it goes you know that's yeah. the trade-off for a beautiful summer or something like that but yeah, there you go. hopefully it's uh bearable in some sense so yeah hope it's good up there and thanks for talking to me man i appreciate you talking to me and reaching out yeah for sure it's it's been great man so yeah thank you for being willing to help and yeah i hope you have a, a good rest of your day and a good next few months and until you're off doing more tours and concerts and stuff like that cool man we'll hope to see you in july and you know if you ever uh if you ever want to do another one just hit me up you know if you got something else so just uh always down to talk always cool cool yeah sounds good thank you yep you have a good one Kay. all right man all right okay. see ya yep see you bye thank you everyone for listening to my podcast today uh I just want to give a couple couple thank yous. I want to thank the uh, my my high school, Powell County High School, for letting me use their podcast equipment on the journalism room. And I also want to thank Mr. McConaughey and all of the other teachers here for pushing me to do this and helping me along the way. And I want to thank all of you for listening. And uh, please enjoy the rest of your evening and. Make sure to subscribe, because why not? <laughs> Bye.